yeah. All right, everybody, welcome in. Kevin Kincaid alongside Dave Zeitlin. This is our as yet unnamed yes. podcast. We need a name, I think. We do need a name. Should we toss it to the fans? We should. We want to, uh, yeah, we don't, we don't have a name right now. A name is obviously important, and we will get around to that at some point. But we just wanted to sort of get this uh, new, new podcast sort of off the ground. Um, we don't have a name. We don't have a logo. We don't really have any of that yeah. stuff. So if you guys have ideas, you guys and gals have ideas, uh, you know, we'd love to hear it. Just drop us a line on Twitter uh, or anywhere, really, if you have uh, something you want to, you know, anything really, topics you want us to talk about, name, logo, any ideas we are. Should I tell them my idea for a name, or should we wait on that? Uh, <laughs> depends whether it's appropriate or not. Is it appropriate? A little tournament in Brazil. You guys love it, right? Let's it's be good. honest. Yeah, nice reference to uh, <laughs> to Nick Sakevich there. Maybe we could uh, talk about that at some point. But uh, but now we just want to get this new thing uh, off the ground. Uh, we are happy to have uh, the Philly Soccer Page uh, and Ed Farnsworth host this for us. We are grateful uh, to, to all of the guys at PSP for doing this. And, uh, you know, this is going to be we're not we're not going to do I mean, we don't really have much of a format here to start with. We're, we're going to not really do the guest kind of thing. It's basically we're just going to go rapid fire through a bunch of union topics and just try to cover everything that we can here. So uh, this week, no, no shortage of, of, yeah. of things to talk, talk about. As you well know, you were down there with me um, at Talon the last couple of days. But. You know, really, it goes back to I guess we pick it up starting at the the transfer window when we all thought that not much was going to happen, and then the day before, I guess a Tuesday, but before the final day was on Wednesday, uh, the Bedoya thing happened. So you know, you know, this was something that they were trying to do last year. Yeah. They got it done this year. I mean, what was your what was your original thought when you when you first heard that Bedoya you know was back on the radar one year yeah. later? I mean, I think it's a good move. I mean, when you look back at the moves that they made, you probably have to call it the biggest week in in franchise history, maybe. I mean, to get Bedoya, to get Charlie Davies. I mean, it's a team that doesn't really make huge moves. And I put a poll up on Twitter to see what fans thought was their biggest move of the summer. I think I put up Freddie Adu, Reis Maboli, uh, Tranquilla <laughs> Barnetta last year. But they don't usually make huge moves in the summer, but this Bedoya one, I mean, he's a World Cup starter. I yeah. mean, Jim Curtin always yeah. says he's a guy that Klinsman always puts in his lineup. So in terms of, you have to say, he's, if he's not the best player that they've ever signed, he he's right up there, right? Well, he's the record signing, yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're to... You know, go go by the the figures that we saw online. You know, one million dollars uh, for a transfer fee, and then a salary that's not not far from there, I guess. Right? What, what was the final number for the salary? Was it like one million? Yeah, I thought yeah. we saw eight hundred thousand originally. Yeah. So that would make him that would put him higher yeah. than Freddie Do, and it would put him higher than um, Marisa Do as well. But uh, you know, <laughs> I thought the funny thing was that obviously one of the biggest topics was where where they're going to play him. You know, yeah. and. Uh, so we were tr- we were trying to fish the answer out of out of Jim Curtin a little bit. I don't bit. know why he's <laughs> not telling us. We're such likable guys. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he didn't want. He didn't want. You know. Obviously, he knows where he's going to play. And I think yeah. we all kind of. Understand I think it's obvious at this point, especially now with Kyle getting hurt. I mean, they kind of need help in the central midfield with Mo. I mean, Mo, who knows me, is coming back. I mean, Jim said in this press conference he hasn't even. He's not even ready quite yet to play for uh, Bethlehem. So I mean, I think they really need a boost right now at that uh, number eight spot and. 
that's probably where he's going to play. Right? Yeah, that's where they have the whole of Vince Nogueira for sure. And and it's interesting because Ali is a guy who his his career path is very similar to Tranquillo Barnett's, where he started as a winger, uh, played there for many years, uh, earned uh, his first international caps as a winger. Then he came inside as he got a little bit older. They're only one year apart. Tranquillo is what thirty right now, yeah. and and Badoy is. Uh, 29 but yeah they both got their their start there they came inside they started to play a little bit of 10 but but Ali is just more of a I, I think he's more disciplined uh two ways um yeah whereas Tranquillo you've seen him in the eight in recent weeks and he's just not yeah. defensively yeah defensive minded like like Vince Nogueira he had was, a great game this past week but before that Tranquillo probably wasn't quite at his best for a couple games and then you look at uh, Roland Alberg he was so hot for so long I mean he had seven goals and only yeah. a, only a few weeks and then he didn't play. At, he didn't play at all this past week, which has to be concerning. Do you think he's kind of the odd man out at this point? He's going to have to be, right? Because I mean, look, if we if we did it, okay, so we got New England coming up on Saturday. If we're going to do it front to back, I mean, it's it's going to be C.J. Sapong, Chris Pontius, uh, Il Senior, right? I mean, at the number ten, you would have to you would have to put Tranquillo Barnett back there, right? Because that's where he's been at his best this yeah, whole year, for sure. Then behind there, you would have Bedoya at the eight. Mm-hmm. Warren Carvalho at the six. Uh, Warren, with, with, yeah. big spot for Warren. <laughs> it now. is a big spot for him, isn't it? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, your back line, you would have Fabinho, Richie Marquez, Ken Schubert, Josh Yarrow. We'll talk about that yeah. a little later. And uh, we'll Keegan Rosenberg and Andre Blake, right? So, I mean, you'd say that, like, probably 10 out of 11 spots or 9 out of 11 spots are pretty much yeah. you know, easy for him to pencil yeah. in, right? And yeah, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much the lineup for now. It'll be fun to see how it'll work once uh, Maurice gets back for- from injury, how he kind of partners there with uh, Bedoya at the six and the eight behind Tranquilo at the ten. I mean, that's that's got to be the most talented midfield that's trio this team's yeah. ever had, yeah. if not one of the best yeah. in the league, right? It's well, it's, no, the absolutely. Is is, a little bit, but. yeah. I just don't, I don't know because you know, Mo. They, they tried people. I think people forget that when uh, you know, in beginning of twenty fourteen, Hack tried uh, you know Mo and Brian Carroll and Vince Nogueira all in there at the same time. Yeah. It didn't really work. I, yeah. You know, Maurice is he defensive minded enough to play the six at this point in his career without wandering forward? And if he does, are you comfortable with Ali Bedoya sort of standing back there by himself, kind of uh, trying to stem the tide of a counterattack or whatever? I, I don't know, but I'm interested um, to see how it works out. I, I for one, uh, can appreciate Bedoya's um, uh, you know quotes and the way he speaks. Oh yeah, <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the media. No, it'll be and fun to Twitter see him. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fun to see him here. And, and one thing before we get too far in the weeds on positions, the the past week, all these guys who were signed, the big takeaway for me is they all said they wanted to be here. Yeah. Like Bedoya said he had chances to play elsewhere. Charlie Davies said he could have turned down the trade, obviously, but but he said few players would turn down the opportunity to, to play in Philly. And the same with Austin Trusty. I mean, yeah, yeah. we'll get to him, but he had several other options, including going to college. So, I mean, that's my big takeaway, because a few years ago, would you really have these guys who are, who are former national time players? who are former national team players saying yeah, they, that they really wanted to be here. I mean, that's, <laughs> no. that's a change for this team. No, they wouldn't. And I mean, you know, you, you saw stuff like that in, um, you know, Clint Dempsey going to Seattle and Michael Bradley going to uh, Toronto. Yeah. The union ended up with Maurice to but I mean, whenever you had these kind of stories pop up where there's a big name kind of guy who wanted to come back here, was anybody ever talking about Philly? No. no, and even then, no. uh, Marisa do they had to go through allocation to get, well, Michael yeah. Bradley and uh, Clint Dempsey got special treatment because of, the stature of those guys or the team that they picked to go back to. So it was, that's a whole, speaking of getting into the weeds, that's a whole (laughs) other thing, but it speaks to your point. I mean, it's true. It's not, you know, back in the day, you did not see uh, people say that they want to be here. So, and there's one big reason for that. And that's obvious. It's a, 
Ernie Stewart. I mean, yeah, he came this year. Yeah. He laid out a vision. Charlie Davies talked about him a lot. So did Bedoya. I mean, these guys like his vision. The the, the new practice facility, a YSC. They kind of see what's happening there. So it's not just like blowing smoke up out your ears. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah, that the expression smoke yeah, out yeah. your ears. <laughs> you can blow smoke out of anywhere, yeah. I think. But uh, no, it's it's and it's interesting too because uh, Baki Samari then had a had a tweet that where he came oh, out. Yeah. He said, uh, "Oh yeah, you know, there's Chester no, they Park. Actually, yeah, they actually have <laughs> facilities. They don't play at Chester Park anymore. There's actually, uh, you know, um, you know, the basics that everybody that, that the union have now that everybody yeah. else has had for years. But um, I miss Charlie tra- games at Chester Park. But yeah, those reserve <laughs> games at Chester Park. <laughs> There's a good picture I think that's out there of you and me and uh, Judah Levine. I think covering a game. Yeah. That was the reserve league. I mean, they still play yeah. the reserve league. Who is that guy in the reserve league? He was offsides like twelve times in like one game. <laughs> I'm trying to remember his name now, but it was an Antoine, was it? No, it was. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll have to uh, look yeah. up, look up that one look for, up. for next time. But or uh, tell me Twitter people. Charlie Charlie Davies. What did you um? What was your thought on that? I mean, yeah, it's a. I'm excited for him to be here. I mean, his story. I mean, guys know him so well. Back, he played so well for the national team. I guess back in 2009, in the in the Confederations Cup, he had so much hardship and tragedy. I mean, he's just a happy guy now, though, and he has twins. He he, he has cancer, like in remission. So, I mean, in terms of in terms of like off the field stuff, he's a class guy. I think he'll be a, a great addition to this club. And on the field, I mean, as Jim talked about, he kind of does something different than what they have now he he can get behind the defense kind of come in for a cj laden games maybe mm-hmm. so i think that's valuable i mean as we know they weren't haven't been too deep at striker so no no no, no. A they've, guy like that. they've needed it since from the beginning and i'm I, I like fabian herbers as a player but i just don't you know the him coming in as a sub to play as a center forward it was always you know predictable and i just don't think it's his best spot on the field you know i don't think that, that fabian is a is the best lone forward out there. He's not a big center forward like like CJ is, and Charlie Davies obviously isn't as big as um, CJ is either. But he can do more of those center forward kind of things. He can hold the ball a little bit, and he can allow the the lines to move up and whatnot. But um, I, I see Charlie Davies as a bit of a, a Chris Pontius kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's come, he's had some injuries, and he's coming off obviously the cancer being in remission. Um, the fact that he's even able to play right now is something yeah, else. Incredible. You know? Um. But yeah, I mean, it was a nice, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to cost them too much money um, if they can do with to, to him, do with him what they did with Chris Pontius, and that's going to be a success, you know? Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see him going back to a New England. I mean, what are the odds of him getting traded and then playing two former teams back to back DC yeah. and New England? I mean, his emotions must be like in overdrive right, back right to now. Back, right. And when, and Baki Samari, who only played, I think, like four games for the Union or something, two of them were against Chicago. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, right. It's like, as far as, yeah, right. So, um, but, you know, lost at all of that was. Of course, uh, Sebastian Latou being traded to Colorado, yeah. and even in the press release, it just said, "What was the headline?" It said, uh, was, Union, yeah. "Union acquired allocation." I'm sorry, Union from- PR people. That was uh, <laughs> like he's the franchise icon. Oh, like, it was savage. It was well done, but it was but it was savage. I mean, right? You have your, um, you know, the they've done face that before. The That's their method. Like when they traded Wenger and Maidana, it was like they get just money back, and then and that was the sort of the bold, the bold headline, face yeah. headline in the thing. Their, that's their strategy, I guess. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> I mean, going going hand in hand with the, uh, um, you know, the business side of things in Ernie Stewart. I mean, I you, you didn't find anybody who was against the Latou trade on a business, yeah. on a business it, side. Yeah, I think people. It was it was interesting. It was, it was the first time he's traded. People were like up in arms. This was he was treated badly. Like he was so good here the first two years. Now, I mean, people still gave him his due as like a franchise hero like as an icon he, he's the best player in club history by far but they kind of realized that 
it was it, it was, was an time. okay move it was time to move on like yeah. sure like it'd been nice to see him to see him like uh, retire here and maybe it's still possible he'll be a free agent at the end of the year if he wants to come back for a small smaller salary to be a to be a bench player on like a two-year yeah. contract yeah if you're the union would you would you do that i mean i would well he, even if he it, has such ties to philly i mean i see him it has looking. to it has to happen in some way shape or form you know even if I'm, I'm a big fan of the idea if he comes back and he signs a one day kind of deal oh, yeah, and, yeah. and retires as a union yeah. player and then they immediately put his name up on the uh in the rafters or whatever and they have like a testimonial match or something like that i I certainly think that's a way to do it um but yeah i mean going back to the first trade in 2012 which never should have happened i mean then it would if if that never happened this would be a lot easier to talk about because we wouldn't be saying well he got traded again yeah you know what fan favorite gets traded by his same team twice you know it would that really never should have happened in the first place so we we would just if then if that did not happen we would just be viewing this as okay, it was a fan favorite and it was time to go and this had to happen. Yeah. You know, it would be like a Chase Utley, Cole Hamels, yeah. whatever kind of thing, right? Right, but it it is a hard thing. Like, you mentioned Chase Utley, but there are guys who stay with one team, like, throughout their career, like a Derek Jeter, like, guys like yeah. that. So, like, yeah. in soccer, you don't really see that as much. I always thought there were guys who would who would be here forever, like Shane and Williams, maybe. Shane, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one option, but it just doesn't seem to, to really work that way. And Ernie isn't. Soccer, yeah. Ernie isn't a guy He's who's into sentimental. sentimentality. You know, I know, I know it's tough what for the Peter's quote about uh, feelings are not part of my job description. Yeah, uh, Peter, no, that yeah. feelings are not supposed to be part of my job description. And I, I don't blame him, you know, but right, like I said, if, if they didn't do that the first time, then it wouldn't be as big of a story the second go around, you know? Yeah. So, but um, anyway, Austin Trusty was the one that, they came out yesterday. Today's uh, today's Wednesday. What's today? No, today's Thursday. I don't even know what the hell day it is. Um, <laughs> today, today is Thursday. The Wednesday. Okay, so when we went down to training uh, on yeah. Wednesday yesterday, yeah, perfect it, timing for us. He yeah, was, he was just waiting. So excited. He was just, he's <laughs> like, "These are the union writers. This is what I've been waiting for." <laughs> That's why they announced it on that day because they yeah. knew that all five of us yeah. would be, all four we of us or five of us would be, would be down there. He was. I mean, he was excited to talk to us though. Like, you got to give him credit. He's a young kid, but he was just like, yeah. you could. His excitement was just so palpable. Well, what was like, it? I'm you so remember I'm, what his very first words were? I'm hyped, but, I'm you, hyped. but you, you, you transcribed it as I'm hyped, and then <laughs> I think Ed's, Ed Varnsworth took it yeah. as I'm hyped and put oh, it on PSP. Okay. So, you, so am I? To, am I misleading? The kids these days say hype. I don't know if okay. you. I don't so know if I'm mis, I'm misleading the public then yeah. um, by by no correcting. Dig. Okay. Well, that shows where I am at my point at this point in life at 31 yeah. years old. I guess yeah, I don't know what I'm really supposed old. to be what I'm supposed to be doing, but uh, I'm not... far more in tune with the teenagers. <laughs> Wait, that sounds weird. Well, uh, yeah, it, no, it's, but but right, he was he was excited, and and uh, you know, I think what the takeaway from all of from his comments were were, you know, he he grew up here and he had a team to watch. And there was a, there was a, a mm-hmm. finite uh, final point a, a, a professional mm-hmm. team to shoot for you know whereas yeah. me growing up here uh, in Boyertown yeah. back in the late nineties or whatever what was I going to grow up and say yeah I can't wait to go yeah. play for DC United and that's what Jim Curtin always talks about yeah. he's he said it on the radio yesterday when he was growing up his heroes were like Randall Cunningham uh, Reggie White mm-hmm. uh, Charles Barkley guys like that because there's no one. When he was a kid, there was no professional soccer league. Right, here. right. So you don't, you can't have those tangible, you yeah, know, um, the the the. I don't, I don't really know what else, what other word I'm looking for. You know, like you're a, you're a uh, Nets fan, right? Like a baseball guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and okay, maybe I'll go, so, over, maybe so. I'll go in another Thanks. direction. Maybe yes. I'll go in another direction with that. I am. Don't. 
But like, here's the here's the point. What I'm getting at is that um, you know, I, I can everybody can point to a time when they were a kid, uh, probably right. where I remember when my dad took me down to uh, the 1995 Stanley Cup playoffs first round. It was the Flyers and the Sabers. I was 11 years old. You know, and I don't remember much about the game. I remember it was like Ron Hextall versus Dominic Hasek or something like that, and that was a really good game. But you know, those are those are impressionable moments that you have on a young kid, and you you don't you couldn't have those in Philly because there was no place to take them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and now the guy like Austin Trusty at 12 years old, he can meet Jim Curtin in the Union Juniors program and go yeah. to a go to Talon Energy Stadium, yeah, and see that stuff. Yeah. And so back to what I was saying before, like he really wanted to play here, and that even academy players in the past, we know who I'm talking about. I think Tia Goalie, Zach Steffen, like they didn't <laughs> they didn't know much about the team, they didn't have as much experience, they didn't really want to be here necessarily. And right, this guy was yeah, this guy was so excited to be here, and he had options. Like Jim said, he was getting interest from overseas. He could have gone down to a Carolina, which North is Carolina, which is not, let's be honest for a 17 year old program. kid to go to Chapel Hill. <laughs> yeah. Great place to be yeah, yeah. as a freshman to get athlete, a freshman out of athlete. home, <laughs> freshman athlete. That's a good life. And he turned it down. Yeah. yeah. And, and the one question I want to ask you too, from the union end and from his end, why do you think they didn't want him to get that one season of college experience? Because he's probably not going to play for the union this year. He's, he's going to play for Bethlehem. So it came down to getting a few games at Bethlehem, or like three months with Carolina, just one semester, and then he could have still left Carolina after a semester and signed yeah. with the union in the preseason. So I mean, it, it's an interesting thing. It's that a good we, point. We didn't really ask too much. Of no, that. I guess. Um, I guess you know, on the surface, they would just think that it's better to play for Bethlehem Steel yeah. than play in college. That's what you it know? seems like. <laughs> yeah, and that it would give him another year in the program and yeah. being around uh, these people and being a part of it. That's the only thing I can assume. But uh, it's a big win for Ernie Stewart and yeah. for Richie Graham and for Tommy Wilson for everybody really because I mean the last. You know, the every we get that uh, press release every year where it's uh, you know the Union Academy graduates twelve kids and it lists college, all twelve yeah. colleges that they're going to and that's all good and well but that's not why the academy exists. Yeah. You know, that's twelve losses, yeah. right? You know, so yeah, Keegan like Rosenberry, yeah. for example, you know, you couldn't even snag him as a homegrown yeah. guy. So yeah, you know. to to be fair, the academy like it is a big high school. It is a big high school where it tries to get guys into college. Like it knows it's not gonna. It knows that every. Pl- everyone in the high school is not going to be a pro so they do have a good method there of sending kids to college um but yeah i mean in terms of this one it's a it's a tough loss for carolina yeah, right yeah it is i mean I, it's that's the other end too i mean now sorry are these tar heels <laughs> well now are these college coaches gonna be uh yeah you know looking at kids who they have committed to them and who are now um you know, pull pulling their commitments or changing their mind on it. That's the other side of the coin here that I don't think people have really thought about. But um, hey, it is what it is, you know. And if yeah. you're going by Ernie Stewart's method of uh, wanting to put these kids in the first team at 17, 18, 19, yeah. 20, I mean, that's that's what he wants. And there's also the chance be. of like pulling guys out of college. I mean, uh, Jimmy McLaughlin was at Colgate for uh, one year, I yeah, think, and, and they pulled him out. But the rest of the guys they've signed as homegrown players uh, didn't go to college, I think. So yeah. there's always a chance of pulling a guy out of college. At, after one year, two years, three years, and even four years. I yeah. mean, that, that's an option. Well, like Zach Pfeffer then, who didn't go to college, you know, or Amobia Kugo, who came out and uh, finished his education online. You know, that, that to me, that's, a, that's the, the black hole here is I think that there's certainly an obligation. You know, I know they have the school at the academy, but, um, you know, I'd like to see a concrete program in place where these kids, if they do decide – to to come out early if if for for nothing else than to assuage you know Mm -hmm. parents who might be sitting on the fence or something say 
financial assistance to take online classes or even go to a local college or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that has to be part of it. And that's how you get more kids is to part, make yeah. that decision yeah. anyway, you know? Um, so, but anyway, it's, it's yeah, but just in the past week to get a trustee and a Derek Jones. Yeah, I mean, before that they were, I think one of only three teams in the league who didn't have any didn't have a home homegrown group. players in the roster. And that, yeah. that probably bothered Jim. Or I a mean, DP that even played yeah. eight minutes this year. So, yeah. So Jim's a big local Philly guy. He talks about it and it didn't really work out with their first few guys for whatever reasons, but now they really have the system to make a work with Bethlehem, with the Academy. So I think this is good yeah, to get those play. first two guys out through the door. So let's go back to um, the on the field stuff. I, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously the big, the big to- topic. And I didn't, if you told me this last year that we'd be talking about Brian Carroll's absence <laughs> being, being a big deal, you know, I would have said, you know, you're crazy because you know BC was not when we coming into this season he was not slated to be a starter mm-hmm. ended up starting a ton of games and become a pretty important piece for them so now he he shows up on crutches now he's off the crutches and you know plantar fasciitis with uh you know out, out six weeks max he'll probably come back before that but so you're looking at Warren Craval um playing the six until I guess Marisa do uh comes back healthy and then if Warren no real Craval, backup right now for Craval they're trying out Tribbett at the six, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, yeah they're, they're trying out Ken Tribbett, who who played uh, Ken played D mid um, yeah, in college in college at Drexel, and I don't know if the Ocean Dragons. City. I think Ocean City he was uh, center back yeah. by then, and, and Harrisburg he played center back. But uh, yeah, I mean, so if if Warren Warren Carval goes, to, it, it just puts more f- emphasis on getting Marisa do back yeah. uh, back to full fitness. And I don't I don't mind. The fans always ask the question. I get more than anything is what's what's up with Marisa do, and I don't I don't mean to be yeah. like an ass or anything no, like that. But I just, I just to have, him. No, I have no clue. I, he, yeah. he talks to us <laughs> and he's been training, but it's yeah. just like yeah, we're not. He should have been back by now if you look at the timetable and and you see him at training, he looks all right. But um, the way Jim was talking about it at the press conference that he's still not that close to playing for Bethlehem. I mean, right, he'd be close to playing. For yeah. Bethlehem. I mean, we're running, yeah, we're, we're running out of time. Just no, there's just, just not like... much. I, well, I was, and I was saying too, you know, if Brian Carroll's looking at four to six or two to six or three to six or whatever it is, Warren Carvall fills in in the meantime, then Marisa do is healthy by then. Does Brian Carroll get back on the field this year? Yeah, it might be tough. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I was theorizing. I'm like, well, you know, we, it it's, might be a stretch, but you could say that you've seen yeah. the last of Brian Carroll in a union. And it, I hope, I mean, I hope he would at least get another game or two. Just he'll be him. with this franchise in some capacity. And I mean, the way he's played this season, he doesn't look like he's too close to retiring. He probably has one more year left in him. Who would have thought? I mean, he's played in this league for so long, but he's, he's had a great year quietly. Yeah, yeah, he really has. Um, you know, let's just wrap it up on one uh, final final. Tribbett versus Yaro. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I put a I put a poll out uh, this morning, Thursday morning, and uh, just said, who would you rather? Um, you know, yeah. if you pick a starter, right center back, right now, would it be Josh Yaro or would it be Ken Tribbett? And it was like ninety two when we walked poor, up here. It was poor 90, Ken. percent <laughs> for Yaro and eight percent for Ken Tribbett. Which look, it's going to be lopsided because yeah, Ken Tribbett has been little... playing recently and he's made the most recent mistakes and they've been more noticeable. So obviously, I can understand why the poll was kind of trending in that way. But objectively, looking at it over the course of the season, if it's your decision, who are you picking? <laughs> for me, spot. Uh, I'd probably go with Yaro too, but it's definitely not like. A 90% choice for me. I mean, Jim's really 50-50. We talked to him after the press conference yesterday, and he's having a hard time with it. And, and that's tough for Jim because he's, he's a guy who really wants that back line to keep the same back line all year. And um, he said he said Yarrow has the speed to, like, make up for mistakes, but Tribbett is probably better in the air, a little bit more, like, reliable. But then Tribbett does make some mistakes too, as we've seen. Yeah, so that's a tough yeah. spot for him. But, um, 
yeah, I'd go with Yarrow. I mean, he's the number two pick. He's the guy that you want to build this back line around. But I I probably like Tribbett a little more than most just because of how good he is in the air. And yeah, yeah. He, he can be reliable, even though the one mistake per game well, kind of kind of clouds think, that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, they're both they're both making mistakes, but I, th- I think Ken Tribbett's mistakes have been more noticeable. Yeah. I think they tend to get punished off his mistakes more because I think Josh Yar is better at recovery uh, for, for one thing. You know, the, the tribute mistake that jumps out as me is the worst one was against New York where he kind of dribbles into that trap and there's a terrible turnover and then they just play an easy ball yeah, for Sasha Kleshin to score. He had the one against D.C. where it was a turnover with Taylor Camp, you know, the most recent one where he comes down and scores. Josh Yarrow had the one where he got beat by Kakuta Mane in open space and kind of took a swipe at the ball. Uh, there was another one against uh, Simon Dawkins, a bad San Jose game, remember, where he just sort of dribbled through the entire defense at the end, end yeah. there, and Josh takes a stab at him. You know, again, they, they didn't really get a ton of help from their teammates in those situations, but, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd give it to Yarrow just because I think he has better uh, recovery and a little bit better speed, and because Richie Marquez can kind of be your ball winner and big enforcer kind of guy. You know, I don't think – I just think he's – I just think Josh Yarrow is more of a compliment uh, – for for Richie Marquez right now than Ken Tribbett is, you know? So, um, I don't know. I think Jim Curtin, what he was saying was basically just that nobody has really stepped up and grabbed the spot. Yeah. And if Carroll was healthy and and Mo was healthy, you'd maybe consider putting on Mo back there just to stop him (laughs) for the last three months. But uh, we talked to Mo about that, and he's like, nah, I'm uh, I'm playing midfield. Nah, yeah, I know. And, you know, I would say that Mo is still the best center back on the union (laughs) roster, but I don't know if anybody wants to really hear that at this point. But uh, it is what it is. So, hey, listen, we're going to wrap it up on that one. Uh, Kevin Kincaid, David Should we take some Twitter questions? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to take a couple? Yeah, Yeah, now, now, for sure. Let's do some Twitter questions. All right, let's just do a couple here. Uh, Let's see. What do we got? How likely are the union to re- to uh, renew Barnetta's contract, and does he want to stay? That's a that's a pretty good question, actually. His contract is definitely up at the end of the year, and given the I don't want to say logjam, but they do have options at the at the number ten position, yeah. so he might not be here next year. What's well, your take on it? I yeah, I mean, f- does he want to be? I, I I let me approach it from that side. I think he's spoken of wanting to go back and play for his hometown team in Switzerland before he retires, right? I mean, I thought I heard that at some point in the past. I can't remember what team that was. Was it St. Gallen? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's where he's from, right? Okay, so maybe What's that, where he but... began his career, I think. Okay, all right, all right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. If, if Alejandro Bedoya comes out and plays the eight this year and he likes playing there and the team likes playing him there and Roland Alberg doesn't work out, then maybe you convince Tranquillo to stick yeah. around. But, yeah, I think there's just too many moving pieces yeah. right now to... I mean, I will say, based on my conversations with him, he he does seem happy here. Like he likes MLS. Uh, it seems like it's a pretty good fit, right? Yeah, he likes I mean, the yeah, city. yeah. More of his speed. So. Um, will BC play again for the Union before Marisa do? That's a good question, actually. Uh, before Marisa, yeah. Do. Oh. Uh, I, I think Mo is probably on pace to come back before BC, right? Yeah, because even if <laughs> well, it's not, what's they have the twentieth against Toronto, and then they have the twenty seventh um, yeah. against. I don't even know. That's when I'm getting married, so I have no idea what's going, what else is going on. Let's talk about your wedding. <laughs> uh, there's not that much to talk about, to be honest. We're just trying to get to the finish When's line. When's the right wedding? Now. It's August 27th. Okay. Yeah, it's down there... at uh, Ray Street Pier, and then we're going to the uh, the Hilton. I haven't gotten my invite yet. Yeah, well, uh, that's another story for another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I can't believe you're getting married during the union season. You're not really know. What a, kind of a true committed. I'm, I'm going to miss the game. Bef- I'm going to miss the game before that too. Uh, the Toronto game because I have my bachelor party. Yeah. So what the hell kind of? Well, I said right I now? might try to t- to come afterwards with uh, Giovinco to your bachelor party. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, bring uh, Javinko and Josie and Michael Bradley. Yeah. We'll be at the... Uh, uh, Josie's realistic. Javinko has two hat tricks in like three weeks. He, that might be a little much for Kevin's bachelor party. You don't see, you don't see Javinko as a big uh, Prophets of Rage fan. You uh, don't think he'd come to the show? Is that the, is that the bachelor party? Yeah, that's what we're doing. No uh, strip clubs or anything like that. I'm keeping it uh, kind of different. Yeah, heavy metal. For now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Next question. Yeah. Uh, under over, the Union get 13 points the rest of the season. Um, how many games are left? I think they have nine. nine there. No, it's, 13 uh, points. They're 8, 8, and 7 yeah. right now. So that's 16 plus 7 is 23. I, I say. I, so they have 11 games. Yeah. I give them, a, I give them an over. I don't know. I, I think. I guess I'm more high in this team right now with Bedoya. I, I see them kind of turning around and making the playoffs is probably a. Maybe like a four seed yeah, or something. Yeah, they could at least get to get eleven what do you points. Yeah. They would need, or to, I'm sorry, to get thirteen, 13 points, right. they would need like three wins and four draws or four wins. Or, yeah, I think they can reach it. Okay. Uh, oh, come on, is a hot dog a sandwich from An- Andrew Dillon? <laughs> you know, you've made it as <laughs> a podcaster Dills. when yeah. you get that question. Thanks, uh, Dills. I, I guess no. What do you say? I don't. Well, it's like supposed to be a. Um, I'll, I'll whatever. I'll bite. Um, a sandwich I've always felt is yes something that's stuck between two pieces of bread, but because the hot dog bun is like connected at the bottom, I don't think it counts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. All right, I'm gonna end on this question. Why isn't Talent Energy Stadium in Fishtown or Port Richmond could have had a built-in audience and visibility? And that's where I'm now, right? Are we? Yeah, in Fishtown? we're in Fishtown right now. We're in a night. Yeah. I should have said we're in a pretty cool. Uh, studio here in yeah. Kevin's nice house. There Thank are guitars, you. some uh, death metal albums hanging there on the wall. Some of those on the <laughs> wall. Yeah, there are, yeah. And the union could have played right across the street from. They me. could have. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, well, first of all, thank you for the compliments. Yeah. And uh, now I just you know what location I actually liked. I really liked. Uh, you know that big empty lot on uh, Broad and Washington. We, we, we've always talked about yeah, this. Yeah, because we both because I lived next to you and you both Hospital. lived in the city for a while. Yeah. Like we would have loved the Union to play in the city, and I hope maybe in twenty, thirty years, maybe it's still possible. <laughs> it's, I, it is. I mean, I, I I do have a lot of friends who like want to be into the Union, but just getting to the stadium, they they don't like to drive. They live in the city. It's just kind of a pain. I yeah, mean, we'll do an entire podcast. Yeah, yeah we with Tannenwald about yeah. that sometime because he could speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John, John can speak. A transportation speak podcast. That John <laughs> exactly. JT is the, every is the master on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say I love going to games there, covering games in a press box. There, it's just gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's incredible. It's, one of, it's, it's a great stadium. You know, you and I have been to probably every, almost every yeah. uh, one up and down the East Coast now. Um, I, I still think Talon's probably the best as far as game day experience and for media specifically. Yeah. I think it's definitely the best press box and the best uh, press um, mm. uh, hosp- hospitality. That, well, the food. No, listen. I, <laughs> hey, you go to a lot of places where you got to pay. That's I don't true. think most fans know this. It's at, at Talon, Yankee Stadium, the, the right? Media, the media food is free at Talon, and yeah. we, we appreciate that. But uh, you know, I've gone places. You ever where want I to be a sports like writer? Bucks. Free, free meal. Uh, well, that's why certain people show up, but we will not. <laughs> we will not name who those people are. But uh, do no, you like would, Talon better than uh, Red Bull Arena? I'm a fan. Like, I'm a fan of the Red Bull press box. You know why uh, I like? You know, I, I do like Red Bull, um, the press box because it's down low and you have a really, really good view of everything. But for somebody like me who's trying to like watch um, a lot of the tactical stuff and kind of focus on it, I just can do that better from a higher mm. um, viewpoint because it's hard. The lower I am, it's harder for me to see like moving pieces and like formations and stuff. So like you those. watch the game, is what you're saying? So I actually do watch the game. I don't just show up to eat the pretzels. Weird. But, uh, I, know, I know, right? But, <laughs> no, it's it's the talent's good, but yeah, I would have loved to have it in the city or even if they if if they 
had better transportation down to Chester because I know that is a, a pain in the ass for a lot of people. So. Well, maybe if our uh, if our um, listeners want to to a chip in a few bucks, we can just like purchase a lot for sure in for Philadelphia. Sure. Yeah, and we'll uh, buy a stadium. We'll, we'll do a gra- We'll do a grass grassroots, <laughs> just like the pro rail people. Yeah. All right. On that note. On that note, uh, let's end this podcast yeah. before it goes too far off the rails. Hey, thanks for joining us, uh, Kevin Kincaid and Davis Island. Again, we have no name for this podcast. We have no graphics for it or anything. I'll whip something little up. Tournament but, uh, the little tournament in Brazil. Maybe we'll go with that. Maybe not. But yeah, if you guys got any <laughs> ideas or any anything you want to hear us talk about or. Uh, uh, just anything in general, uh, drop us a line on Twitter. But uh, until then, we'll see you next time. I'm just